You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we hear from Josh Harris. He has been running since he was 10 or 11, and he's been pretty good at it. He's represented Australia on numerous occasions, but that's not all he does. He's also studied exercise science and teaching. He's currently a relief teacher, which he said he loves being because it gives him time for his athletic training, whether it's running or swift bike riding. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am delighted to introduce you all to someone I've known. It feels like almost all his life. I'm sure it's not that long, but I feel like I've known him for a long time. Josh Harris, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to get to know you because I because I know you because you came to the running club. Yeah, when you when you were younger. How how old were you yeah. when you first started at the running club? Uh I reckon it's probably eleven or twelve. Oh, so- um yeah, yeah. yeah. So I yeah started running. I think I was ten or eleven. So I reckon by that stage, yeah, eleven, twelve-ish. Yeah. Okay. And how old are you now? Uh thirty-two. Gosh, I feel ancient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty years. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. All right, let's let's go right back. Where did you grow up? Tell me about your childhood. Yeah, so uh, Launceston boy, my whole life grew up mm-hmm. in Invermay. Uh, and just a, a pretty standard kind of um, upbringing, like sports and, and that kind of thing. And then uh, got into little athletics uh, when I was about, yeah, as I said, when I was 10. And as soon as I started, just absolutely loved it. Like my mind just found it so enjoyable. I, I instantly had goals with it. And then wow. that, that kind of went on to um, joining the, the Lonnie Running Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like the winter season and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, career kind of progressed year after year for, for many after years. That. So before we get into all the goodies and all the things you've achieved, because you have, you've done quite a bit with your running really in that short 20 years. Uh, do you have siblings? Tell me yeah, about yeah, I got a sister, um, yep. sister Callie, who she used to run as well. Yeah. Um, she would have, she would have been, like in the in the smaller divisions at, at LRC uh, yep. back in the day, uh, she she kind of stopped running when she was kind of that mid teenage years where many yep. people find um, that it's not for them and they want to do other things. But um, yeah, the first year we we actually did little athletics. She she was winning all these gold medals in the under seven age group, and I was the kind of kid that was getting the encouragement awards. So um, we, we we stuck at it and and tipped the tables, and and then it was me getting the success. That's amazing. Um, so is there anyone else in your family who's doing, who has done really well in the past in athletic sort of endeavours? Gino. Um, no. Nah, Gino. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. No. Nah. Dad would probably say that, that it's the genetics from him, although he's got no no performances on the board. <laughs> um, so, and then mum, yeah, mum hasn't run either. So it was just the kind of thing that when I was at primary school, I, I found that I was pretty good at yeah. um, compared to compared to people, and I guess when when you're good at something, you, you tend to probably enjoy it and, and try it, and so yeah. that's that's where we started. So, do, do you remember if it was say your friends and and I don't know teachers and your parents all saying, "Oh wow, Josh, you're great at that," or if it was um, the fact that you know you were doing well and that it, is that why you kept going, or you know what was your kind yeah. of motivation it, it, it was definitely me um I feel like I had some intrinsic motivation pretty early on for mm-hmm. for not just that probably like academic stuff as well um and I the things that I was good at I, I kind of tried my best at and I think two years prior to starting I I actually went to the training for little athletics but I was pretty shy and and I I kind of got a bit scared and didn't actually rock up to the, the competition and um and so kind of been the idea of running Aww. for I reckon it was two years until um 
went to one of the primary school carnivals, I think it was, and I, I got second in maybe the 800 metres or something like that. And that's when a few of the kids that did little laps and, and stuff like that were like, mate, no, no, you should come. And so I rocked up the next night to the, to the competition and, um, and did pretty well in the, the longer distance stuff there. And, and then, yeah, as I said, just loved it straight away. So were your parents, obviously, were also very supportive, like for both you and your sister to be, you know, wanting to do little athletics. Like my my kids, I was so happy when they said they did not want to do little athletics and they were happy just to yeah. come to the running club because I didn't yeah. have to lose all my Saturdays, you know, in, um, um, in the summer. Yeah, mum, mum's amazing. She's so supportive. Um, you know, she... She's the reason probably that I am who I am today. Um, you know, probably not from the, the greatest socioeconomic um, kind of relationship kind of issues and stuff um, at home. So mum was just incredible in, in the amount that she supported uh, both me and my sister. Um, and, you know, that, that went right through until, um, until I could get myself places, uh, yeah. really. Yeah. So parents do really help, certainly when... When kids, you know, like you, when you were young, when you were a kid, show that kind of talent, it's when parents kind of really step up. I've seen that in my family. I've got a, a couple of um, my nieces and nephews have been really good um, in different sports and their parents, my siblings, have had to, you know, they miss out on a lot because they're driving them to and fro yeah. and picking them up and, and it just goes yeah. on and on. Mum was so selfless. Um, you know, she's never focused on herself at all mm. uh, and, and you know whatever we had to do, she'd she'd be there. Um, so yeah, yeah. Oh. And does she like? I know you said that neither of your parents necessarily have any runs on the board, but are they sporty at all? Like just just because they you know maybe didn't achieve. Mum definitely you? not. No. <laughs> um, oh, she she's skinny, which like that potentially helps genetically. Yeah. Um, um, but um, not not really. And then uh, yeah, dad no, but. I feel like he, he probably had some sporting talent. Um, you know, he, I'm sure he went through school and would have been half decent at, yeah. at sport and stuff, but, yeah, never never went down that pathway or anything okay. like that. Well, yeah. no, you touched on it before very, very briefly, but uh, you said even academically, like you, you're quite intrinsically driven, maybe that's what you said, or something along yeah. those lines. Yes. So how did that um, pan out in school? So irrelevant for, not irrelevant, not so yeah. much about your running, but how did that go with your, you know, with schooling? I, I, I just felt like when I was, like, you know, seven, eight years old that I was just a lot better than most of the other kids and stuff. But, you know, particularly like numeracy, um, yeah. automatic response type, stuff uh spelling that kind of thing like that just came naturally to me I don't I don't know if if I did much of it prior but yeah I was I was I reckon I've probably peaked as a student as a as an eight to ten year old like I was really good at that basic stuff and then yeah. when it got a bit harder I wasn't wasn't so good but those, those basic life kind of academic skills I was I was a bit of a natural at I guess and um, I think my family, my pop used to show me off to people because I could, I don't know, he'd, he'd tell me multiply this by this and I'd, I'd get the answer or pretty close straight away when I was pretty young. So, wow. yeah, always had a, a bit of a mind like that, I guess, which is interesting. And so those little wins, because you often, like I was, I have a teaching background as well, and um, there's those little wins I think are really important too. Like you reflecting now and it's, it really, it's a long time ago for you too, really. Like you're talking yeah. about times when you were seven and eight, um, but they've stuck with you because they were, you know, little things yeah. that go to who you are now. And it's quite an interesting kind of thing, not yeah, just absolutely. athletically, but also academically as well, hmm. which is good. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And you keep striving. And I suppose it's interesting to see whether, some of that is why you were able to transfer that into athletics later and keep striving and, and be motivated to to keep achieving a bit better and a bit yeah, better. I definitely think so. And even um, you know, with some some struggles with injuries and stuff with running, like I've I found the same kind of competitive and motivational drive with things like cycling and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's you know, once I decide that 
that I'm going to focus on something. I'm kind of like 100% all in and, yeah, I've got that maybe addictive type um, personality that just goes as hard as you can for, yeah. for whatever it is you want to do. It's not the first time someone on this podcast has said uh, they have an addictive personality <laughs> and they're just kind of happy that it's in, you know, <laughs> running yeah. or whatever. It could easily be in other areas, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, especially people who had um, weight loss stuff that I've been talking to a lot lately, they've all said that it's kind of like they transferred that addiction to food at the time to deal with whatever was going on in their life onto running and they found that yeah. they've been able to use running as sort of the the replacement, I guess, just for the overeating yeah, cool. and stuff that they were doing, which yeah, is awesome. the, the interesting kind of stuff mm. that goes on in our heads. We just we don't know anything about how our minds work, really. <laughs> Quite complex. Yeah, it, the mind's so important, isn't it? It is. Understanding ourselves and, yeah, getting the yeah. best out of ourselves is exactly. super important. All right, so you're doing well in primary school in athletics and in, in running in particular, um, and you get into high school and – you just continued, I assume, just to keep, you just kept yeah. running. What was your motivation to keep running then as you got a bit older when a lot of kids drop off into, you know, in their teenagers? Yeah, so it was just um, really consistent progression. Um, I think each year I ran faster than the previous year. Each year I did a bit more training than the previous year. I um, probably stepped it up a level each year as well from, you know, maybe being half decent at the state level to then qualifying for, for national type things. And then um, found my coach, Andrew Willis, yeah. uh, when I was 14. And he was a massive influence on, on kind of that next 10, 10 years or so. Uh, and then from there, pretty much, yeah, we did a bit more training each year. We, we got, we, you know, as you, that age, you develop as well. And, I think I maybe won a, a national silver medal in the steeplechase when I was in grade nine. Awesome. And from from there, it was, again, more training, more consistency and yeah. a little bit better year after year. And that process pretty much continued uh, until 2017 when I was mm-hmm. 27. Um, uh, and, yeah, eventually uh, moved up in distance to the marathon and made the world champs. It's almost as simple as that, although there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that happened in that time overnight success <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 12 years of, of exactly. hard work yeah how, how do you keep motivated like you know I've had a, a few elite um, athletes like you on here before and it's I always find that an interesting question for how do you keep motivated because I know that you it's not all you do like it's not you don't just run like your life isn't yeah. just as a runner it's an important element I assume but it's not your only yeah. how do you keep motivated yeah Goals primarily, I think, mm-hmm. um, setting goals, working towards goals, uh, whatever they are. Uh, I know back when I was younger, it was probably I had goals for the season over whatever distance in mm-hmm. terms of times that I wanted to run or perhaps the placing at like a national type meet or something like that. And then as I got older, um, you know, just planning things out. Um, I had a whiteboard like 18 months prior to qualifying for the world champs, I had a whiteboard with like a pathway of, of races that I wanted to do to get from kind of where I was to, to that race. And um, it, it pretty much happened, which, you know, it, it doesn't always happen like that, but I had a pathway uh, and I've still got the whiteboard upstairs um, with the races on it and pretty much ticked all those off, improved a bit here and there. Um, and then, yeah, so pretty much, Goal setting super important, and even now, like um, I ha- I've had a few niggles and stuff, and I haven't ran much the last two months. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I've got I've been on the bike and stuff like that, and I've set goals and kind of shifted focus. because yeah. um, you know sometimes there's not much you can do, and you, you've got to shift your focus to the other things in life that you want to focus on in the yeah. meantime. But yeah, I think goals so important. So when you left high school. What did you do for those of you who, like, there are people out there who don't know who Josh Harris is. Who might yeah. To uh, so <laughs> went to college and then wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, was always going to be something kind of somewhat academic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm as far from like a tradie as you could imagine, I reckon. <laughs> so that was never, never going to happen. Um, so I, I did exercise science at uni, yeah. you know, I was interested in that, that side of things. Um, kind of seemed pretty straightforward so I went and did that loved it but 
didn't really know what I was um, going to do, do at, mm-hmm. at the end of it. Uh, a lot of my friends kind of were going down to physio routes and, and that kind of thing. And I didn't really think that was, that was for me. And so I had to weigh up my options um, at that stage as to, to what I was going to do or what I could be good at. Um, and, and, you know, at the time I didn't, it didn't really phase me because uni was more like a good excuse to, to be a full-time runner. You know, people are, oh, you're at uni, but in reality, I was just trying to run as much as I could and yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, but then, yeah, my, my options kind of came down to teaching and accounting for a mm. master's, I think. And <laughs> no, yeah, I went, went down the teaching um, avenue and um, that was a tough two years. I was pretty done with study and stuff. Um, just, well, it was a real grind. To, so it would have been like three, three years for your exercise physiology? Three and a half. Yeah, three yeah. And, a half. and then another two, was it, for after that? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the two was online and oh, it That's was a hard. battle. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wasn't, by that stage, I wasn't very studious. Uh, mm-hmm. um, just kind of getting to the finish line. But I did enjoy the, the placements and that kind of thing, which made it, uh, made it something that I thought that I could do and then went into went into a year of full-time teaching uh, straight out of uni and I could manage everything in, in life, running 180K, 200K a week, full-time teaching, but, and then like relationships and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I could I could manage it, but it was just pretty full on. Yeah, not a lot of room, for, wiggle room was there. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah like I just wasn't. I wasn't giving my all to it. And so from there, I, I tried to have the, the excuse that I was, well, I used the excuse that I was trying to qualify for the Olympics and stuff like that um, to, to kind of drop back on the, the teaching and, and just started doing some relief. Yeah. Uh, and so started doing a bit of relief and I, I've just continued ever since. And yeah. now, I, now it's just part of my lifestyle. It's such a good balance. Um, we don't have the the responsibilities of of the teachers who work so hard and and put their put their everything into it. Whereas I can just rock up three days a week and then go home at the end of the day, no stress. So I've got a got a really good balance, um, which is which is good. I uh I understand that having been a relief teacher probably more than I was ever actually a classroom teacher. Uh, I haven't yeah. actually taught for many years, but. Uh, I do think with relief teaching, I was guilty of turning the phone off. This is when we had phones plugged into the wall, um, thinking that I want the phone to go off at 6.30 tomorrow morning and I don't yeah. want my husband to know that I don't want the phone to go off at 6. So um, anyway, how do you balance, like for me, just a relief teaching kind of question, you don't really know what days you're going to be called or you could be called every day and I guess you can pick and choose then, but you don't really know yeah. when. Got, got a pretty good system where I would say 95% of the days that I do I know in advance, which is awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so the schools that I'm working at are usually pretty good at knowing when someone's away for, for this time. And um, obviously it's easier for them when they don't have to call 10 random people yeah. at 6 a.m. in the morning who don't, who don't answer their phone because they don't want to work today. and. <laughs> Um, so yeah, luckily, I know most of it well in advance, which is which makes things easy. Um, yeah. So you can kind of plan around that, and you know it's good hours as well. So you can train, you can train around it. I've never had a problem training after after school and that kind of thing. I find that's probably easier than than before, unless mm-hmm. I've got a late start. Um, but it's such a good balance, and you know every time I I rock up to school. I, I know there's a lot of strain and stuff at the moment. They're all they're all kind of complaining about how how hard they're working and how I'm living the dream and stuff like that. And you know, I say, well, you don't have to do what you're doing. Right. You know, your your, your path in life. Um, I, I've sacrificed, you know, money to to not work every day, but to to have balance and happiness mm. on the other end. So yeah, really good. Wow, that's just interesting. Now, just going running back just a tiny bit, can you reflect back when you were at uni whether your running supported, I know, um, physically and mentally, whether it supported what you were trying to do at school, like at, at uni? Because there's lots of studies shown that says that we're much better actually academically 
if we're fitter, if we go for a run, if we do whatever before we say sit down and study for a while, it's actually better for us. Did you find that yourself? Hundred percent, and any exercise um, that I've done over the years has always made me, um, you know, who I am, and and made me feel so much better. I know that the the couple of times where I've not been able to do anything, it's been quite a bit harder, and you you feel so much better. Um, even even on those work days, like I said before, I prefer to train after work, but you know those days where you know you've got to get up to to get what you need to in. If you go and get it done before work, you you rock up to work feeling so much better. Mm. You know, you you probably crash a bit a bit earlier towards the end yeah. of the day, but you, you're so much better for it. And you know, I, I'm really lucky um, in terms of I think mental health and stuff like that. That you know, I've, I've got no dramas there. I've got really, I think I've got a really clear kind of outlook on on that stuff. And you know, I, I think. Luckily, it's probably um, due to like my lifestyle, physically yeah. um, growing up over the years as well. So um, now I get a bit older and can reflect on that. I think that what I've done definitely helped. Um, and I know most of my mates that um, in the same position, like some of my mates, compared to a lot of other people we we associate with, have just got such good mental health mm. um, compared to a lot of people these days. I would say. Yeah, like especially I guess some of your friends who didn't have an athletic sort of desire to keep doing their athletic stuff as they went forward and some of the kids went to school. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we talk about quite a bit in the podcast is when you do have an injury, which you've mentioned a few times that you've had a few niggles here and there and even right now you're um, cut back on the running a little bit in order to recover from a few niggles. How do you feel when you can't run? Like we talk about our identity being a runner. Obviously, I assume you have called yourself a runner. I usually start these questions. When do you first call yourself a runner? Some people <laughs> say they don't, uh, which is kind of odd, but but perfectly up to them. Do you remember when you first called yourself a runner or thought of yourself well, as a runner? Probably the probably the first night I did little athletics, I reckon. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have been straight away. Um yeah, probably the only time in the last 20 years that I might even say that I'm not might be right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure, I know, I know I'll be, it'll come back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so when you can't run, like for an injury or whatever, how do you deal with that? You've already said that you think you've got a good sort of mental balance yeah. and, and you described a lifestyle that does seem to have a lot of balance in it, which is great. Like you're obviously really self-aware which is amazing, but how do you deal with it for those for people who do find a bit of a struggle when they suddenly can't do whatever sport it is that they're very attached to? Yeah, it's, it's really important to be able to shift focus. So when I broke my foot at World Champ, you know, I knew that I was going to be out of action for at least three months and I just started to focus on, on the other things that, that give me enjoyment in life. So, um you know, whether that was doing a bit more work or um, focusing on friendships, I know because I've worked pretty hard at that stage, I was like, I'm just going to go out and party and have fun and focus on that. I know that's not, not great for everyone, but at the time, you know, I, I thought that was a great opportunity to, to do that. And again, like, luckily, I'm someone that has had a good, I feel like a good relationship with that kind of thing, which, yeah. you know, it, it can be pretty detrimental in the wrong headspace mm. uh, things like that and then um, setting goals in other areas as well like I, I did a year of full time cycling in 2019 and just kind of ran on the side when I was still getting back yeah so you were talking you were just saying how coming back from injury and then you did the cycling um, for a year with some running on the side and that was that's one of the ways yeah. you've been able to cope with, with yeah 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 so whatever's important in your life I think it's it's you know that's what you should focus on and everyone's got multiple aspects or dimensions of of what's important in their life so putting more time into into the other areas you know might be being more time with your family or or friends social life um, another hobby or because you know a lot of uh, well a lot of the injuries I've had there's nothing much you can do except except run 
Mm. Um, like I haven't had many injuries where it's kind of like you have to manage your your, your running load. It's either all or nothing. Oh. Um, so, so yeah. And then like, again, I, I, now I'm motivated by different things running wise, yeah. um, which probably been the last 12 months trying to get back to, to kind of personal best levels, which, yeah. which I got close to. Um, but I don't know. I, f- I find any setback I get these days and it might, I might be lucky because I'm kind of good at cycling as well is that I can kind of just stop doing one and then do the other. And within a few months, like I'm pretty good at the other one, maybe, yeah. but whatever that is for you, um, you know, as long as you've got something there that you can kind of move your focus to, I reckon it's good. So one of, one of the things we've come up with on the podcast occasionally is that rather than just identifying as a runner, which is obviously you're not, we're all multidimensional and we're not just one thing. Yeah. But um, I, you know, we, we talk about maybe I'm someone who wants to be fit, who wants to stay healthy and fit. And, and then you can yep. apply that to your cycling and go swimming. You can do whatever yep. if you can't run or whatever other sport that maybe you can't do that you're really attached to because of an injury or some other thing. Because yeah, yeah, I see that with with people in who are elite athletes who, at least in the news and you see articles, mm. you know, the footballers and things who, who, you know, they get to the end of their career and it's like oh, things the wheels yeah. fall off a bit. Yeah, you can go down a few different paths. I think like you, you obviously see the the ex athletes that mm. continue their kind of their athlete nutrition and they stack on stack on massive amounts of weight or that kind of thing but then you see the the people that kind of find something else that they can do to to give them that same feeling um as they as they kind of progress and there have been patches in in my last few years where i've been motivated by you know maintaining my weight not too high like particularly mm. in injuries and yeah. to do that you need to you know you need to do x amount of exercise and and so like doing maybe 10 hours of training a week might've been like a motivator for a while there. Like Mm -hmm. it just, and it just depends on the phase and and what's coming up as to whether you're motivated by an event coming up Mm -hmm. or to do such and such performance or whether you just want to keep healthy um, for for your definition of healthy. Um, So, yeah. When you look back on your running career, what are you most proud of? Uh, for sure, making the world champs team. Yeah. I know, I know it didn't go to, to plan. Um, like ideally I would have broke my foot three weeks later, but, um, like yeah. just having that, having that on the accomplishment list is, mm. you know, it's, it's a higher level of competition than the Commonwealth games and only kind of below the Olympics. Mm. So to, to make that team given, I don't feel like. I, I didn't have best in the world type talent. I think I, I had some, some decent talent, but a lot of hard work, yeah. um, like pushing boundaries um, and that kind of thing led me to like a pretty normal person to be able to make that, um, that higher level is yeah definitely the, the biggest achievement that, that I'll have. So do you think, you know, what's that saying? Um, Oh, what is it? Something about when, uh, like when oh, people no do it. One. Yeah. Well, yeah. What is it like? There's a something percentage of talent and the rest is the really hard work. And you're like the epitome of that, you know, the, for people who yeah, end up being what is world it, class. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh, well, yeah. Actually, that's a better way to even put it than I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like uh, to be an elite endurance athlete, you you need the genetic component to to do it to start with. Um, but I feel like, you know, mine was not that amazing. Uh, and I feel like with, I feel like I was able to respond really well to like a lot of training, which um, mm. probably in the, the era before all the super shoes and stuff like that, um, mm. I think not many people were able to do um, the kind of training that I could do, which obviously um, kind of lended itself to me being, you know, better marathon runner than a lot of people that were better than me at like, you know, the 10K and, and that kind of thing. So being able to handle all that training, 
year after year got me to kind of where I where I was. How do you deal with, because um, mentally I think competition, even for someone like me who's just a weekend runner, competition does my head in sometimes. Like I prefer at the moment, I hardly have raced at all this year. In fact, I think I've been in one race all year because after years and years of racing, because I just don't like that stuff in my head, even though there's no chance of me winning. And I often think, wow, for those people who have a chance to be, you know, yeah. on the podium or whatever, the pressure must be huge. It's, it's a funny one. And I, I was thinking about this not that long ago. Um, you know, I've always really liked it and, and mm-hmm. tended to perform pretty, pretty well under pressure um, by having, you know, um, sensible plans and realistic mm-hmm. expectations and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, uh, however, I was thinking post running injuries and stuff like that. I, I haven't enjoyed competition as much and I haven't I haven't been able to get more mentally to like that that point where you feel like you, you've got nothing left mm. uh, I haven't been able to get to that point as much and I was only reflecting on that um, I've been racing my bike on Zwift the indoor yeah. Uh, yeah. training form like pretty regularly and, and I was saying to one of my friends the other day is that I reckon I reckon I've pushed myself harder probably 50 times on Zwift than I have once in running in the last like five years. So there's wow. there's some kind of like psychological element to that, obviously. I don't know if it's, you know, worried about in the injuries or just not able to go to that place, maybe because it's not the place I've been before. So, you know, if it's not, a, it's not as fast as I ran in 2016, maybe I don't care about it as much deep yeah. down it's a tricky one but yeah like I'm finding at the moment on on Swift I'm can absolutely empty myself like over and over again which is which is cool and I love it yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing that you say like again we've talked about you know when I ran my fastest marathon I didn't know that that was my fastest marathon at the time you yeah. know I was like cool and so next time I'll do like I don't know 315 instead of 330 you know yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. But, um, you know, that never happened. <laughs> and so yep. you don't know. You don't know when that is. And so it's mm-hmm. you have that the motivation to always continue to to be able, like where the speed is is the thing that you want to get down or you want to be faster. Mm. I'm getting to a stage now where I'm starting to think maybe I just want to run longer and I, or I just want to be able to keep running, you know, in my 50s yeah. and 70s. So it's, you yeah. just change that motivation as you get older, like what you feel now. As you've already yeah. said, what you feel now is not what you felt even, you know, three or four mm. years ago. And what you'll feel when you're my age may well be quite different as well. So, yeah. so But you never quite know when that's going to happen, that tip to I the think, next yeah. whatever. Yeah, like I didn't think that any of my PBs would have been the PBs mm. uh, when it happened. But then, yeah, like the, the problem is that those mindsets change pretty rapidly. Like I can go from coming back from an injury and just being grateful to being able to run to to then thinking, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'll do a moderate amount of training and, and I'll – you know, I'll be happy to run a moderately competitive time. And then when you run the moderate, the, the half competitive time, you start to think, Oh, okay. I can, I can probably run quicker than I have in the, in the last five years, which, which I do a bit now, given the older new benchmark kind of thing. Yeah. That's always nice. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, but then in 2022, you know, I got probably within like two, 3% of, of my best times. And obviously then I'm starting to think, okay, well, like I'm that close. Now it's time to actually yeah. PBs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the problem with, with getting back into it is that, that yeah, you then one thing leads to another. And before you know it, you're, yeah, you're, you're trying to go, go as well as you can again. So do you feel like you're competitive against yourself or other people? Myself now um, running wise, yeah. like I, and maybe that's part of the problem is when I line up in these races, I haven't cared so much who's around me, mm-hmm. um, where I probably did going back 2017 and, and prior, which is, that's a big motivator in races. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it could be a factor um, in terms of maybe not being able to kind of get everything out of yourself. Yeah. Um, not sure. 
So what do you think? How long do you think you'll run for? It's a question I ask people in I your think, life. Yeah, I think it will always be part of mm-hmm. uh, what I do until I, until I can't. Um, yeah, my feet and stuff are probably going to, going to go on me at some stage. Um, like I feel like, um, I've got a few pretty key goals, um, on the indoor trainer at the moment that I'm working towards. And I feel like once I get through that, I might start sprinkling because I feel like my foot's okay again, but I just, I feel like I'm going so well that I'm like, well, running mightn't, mightn't help it. So, uh, once once I've passed these goals, I might start sprinkling a few jogs in, and then we'll um, we'll come up with a new plan of attack for 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 what that looks like um, going so, forward. So your goals at the moment are are on the bike, and the, yeah. they're they're on the trainer using Swift, yeah. or are they out on the road? Yeah, right? no. So I just I don't really have this like the the peloton skills and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and the descending technical skills to to kind of make it on the bike. So. Um, yeah, just been enjoying um, getting on the trainer, and um, I'm, I'm gonna enter the there's there's a race to qualify, try and qualify for the esports world champs. Wow. So, so I'm kind of working towards that, which is all all changed very quickly. Um, given that two months ago I was running, um, so yeah, that's on November thirteenth. The the trial race is there, so I'm just gonna just gonna ride until like I'm I'm an outside shot. Like it's it's, but it's you know it's something to to aim towards. Um, and then probably after that, I reckon I'll start to sprinkle some runs back in, yeah. and and then decide what what the next six months will look like. So you that's that's actually really cool. I'm gonna look into that. Um, the, you were saying that you are goal focused. So do you find that with your running, that is the motivator for you or you, or your cycling or whatever other sport you're doing, like that you, you put something out there and you train towards that, whether it's an event or a time or something like that. Yeah. Usually um, I think probably the only exceptions to that would be um, probably when I've, I've had like a, when I did my sacrum stress fracture, for example, like mm-hmm. I couldn't run all right. And so at that stage, like you just kind of you try and think about just staying healthy, so that mm-hmm. when you when you can get back into it, you're not in too bad a place. Um, I've got a pretty average diet, so I feel like when I can't do anything, like I, there's a potential to to blow up a, a little bit more than I'd I'd like. So um, I, I use exercise massively as so rather as than my- changing your diet, is that what I hear, Josh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do more more hours of training so I can eat like crap. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, so yeah, in those patches, I guess you, you change to just trying to stay a bit more healthy and and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um so what with your running, when you're running, do you prefer road or trail? Like I know you on the road. Do you do yeah. trail? How uh, I've always enjoyed running on trails. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's for me with like, I've had a chronic history of like bad ankle sprains and stuff okay. like that. And and then like my talus fracture in my foot. Um, and then my other foot, I've had a, another bone in there. That's I think it's just a bit too risky to do too much on there as fun as it is. Um, you know, you can, you can get shot. Well, I can get shot down from from being going really well to to not being able to run for a couple of weeks like instantly. Mm. So it's just kind of a decision that that you've got to make sometimes. Mm. Um, that you know it, it's fun, but but is it safer to um, yeah. to not to not do it? Um, I always had plans and stuff that you know if I didn't get these injuries and stuff that I was going to start. You know, at some point I would have done some ultras and, and some trail yeah. runs and that, but it's just it just hasn't really happened because now volume's probably um, not what I can do as much of. That wasn't being one of my next questions. <laughs> whether you had any ambition to you know go beyond the marathon, go whether it's road or or trail, yeah. sort of into I, the more ultra stuff. I used to because I felt like it felt like that like that was something that I was pretty um, because of the training I could do. I felt like it was something I'd go well at. 
I used to look at the the 50K um, Aussie record and think that I could do that quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been broken recently. But also, I, I just can't run the volumes for even the marathon now. Like, mm-hmm. my running goals the past few years have been more like 5 and 10K yeah. um, PBs and, and stuff like that because I can – I have been able to run like a, a moderate amount of volume, mm-hmm. uh, but I just haven't been able to do the training to to do the long stuff to it to mm-hmm. a good level. Um, you know, there might be a point down the track where I'm not so worried about the level, and that was and actually going to be my next question. <laughs> that might be might be possible, but while I'm still yeah. trying to to run as fast as I can, yeah. uh, like the shorter stuff's better for the time being. And I mean, you still when we're talking about ultras. You're a baby in the mm. ultra world. Like I've spoken to ladies and, and blokes who didn't start even running until they were in their 40s and 50s and I was speaking to them in their 70s and they were doing one, 200 milers and yeah. they were breaking records for their age group. <laughs> I was like, maybe that's because you started so late. And you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a baby in terms of the endurance side of things, yeah. but. I don't think my body's a baby. I think I've put it through some some pretty hard, um, some pretty hard stuff the past twenty years, and, and that, that yeah, that you know that might limit me, but we'll we'll see. We'll say never say never. If you, depends if you want to. And I think a lot of it, as we've talked about, is up in your head too, isn't it? Like, yeah, if absolutely. you really want to like do ultras, and it's not something you even necessarily want to do now, but maybe in 10, 15 years you. You yeah. might go, oh, gee, I'd really like to run on the overland track. Not necessarily yeah. in that race, but I'd yeah. just run the overland track or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love, you know, running up new mountains and stuff yeah. like that. Something different. That Usually the, the easier ones that are, you know, better paths. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so if you if you hadn't started running, this is kind of – a question that people who started running a bit later or at least in their twenties um, find easier to answer. But anyway, if you hadn't started running, how do you think your life would be? I mean, you could probably hardly remember a time when you didn't run. Is really what I'm saying. I, yeah. I really don't know. It's a, it's a good question. Oh. and I'm so glad that I did find it. Mm. Um, like I, I really don't know. I reckon it unintentionally helped me a lot. Um, you know, I went to it, you know, one of the probably the worst reputation schools in, in town. Um, I mean, as I said before, my mum supported me a lot, but, you know, I see a lot of similar people um, that, that probably haven't turned out with, with the kind of life that I have. So I, I think it's impossible to answer, but like there, there's certainly possibility that, that life could have been very different. I'd yeah. say, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really thankful that I got into it and just loved it and, mm. and went from there. So I guess it's, you know, as a teacher, you would be quite used to seeing where they put up the um, the statistics for, you know, people mm. from this suburb and people who had this lower yeah. socioeconomic blah, blah, blah are predicted to do X. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. you know, what you're reflecting on there is that you feel like you broke that mould or you yeah. weren't fitting into that, you know, percentile. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's what I mean. Like you, you see it, it's obviously super common. Um, and so, yeah, really, really don't know, but I'm lucky that lucky that we um, went down that path and had support with, with mum and stuff and, and some other good people around. And I even had some, like, I had some really good friends that were into athletics as well for a while there, which I think yeah. started that off too. Um, so, yeah. It's really help, really helpful to stick to it when you have, those you know something in common that you love with with yeah. a group of friends and you kind of turn up with them and something you can talk about or whatever it's yeah yeah makes it easier Absolutely. doesn't it mm. Cool. Mm. um as a teacher is there anything in you sometimes where you look at the kids and you think um oh I wish that I could show you how to do this or or you know to go running to take on but it doesn't necessarily have to be running but maybe you see kids with a little bit of talent what ages are you what ages are you uh high school pretty much so oh, mostly like seven grade seven to ten okay. um but it, it is interesting you see you see a lot of kids you know they might come into high school at 13 mm-hmm. years old and you, you see a lot of talent in them mm-hmm. but I think you can you can pretty quickly tell 
whether they've got the the mindset to mm. to actually be an athlete when they're when they're older. I've seen a few good runners come through, and you can yeah, you can kind of just tell that that particular students by the time they're 16, 17, like that they're not going to have the mindset or the, the, the right mindset to be able to, to kind of stick at it. Whereas you see other ones um, come through and, and you're like, yeah, you're, you're someone that you, you focus on the right things that, that are going to make you successful uh, and follow those processes. And, mm. and they're the kind of people that you often see stick at it and, and succeed. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, when you're running, when you're training, what kind of things are you thinking about? Don't have to go into like detail, but what kind of things do you think about? Depends on my body's feeling. Um, I had a pretty good stretch this year where I was able to not focus too much on my my kind of kneels and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and just get back to kind of enjoying the easy runs where you know you just think about anything. Um. And then in the sessions, you, you you know, you're able to focus on your effort and, and trying to get through this rep in this time or at this pace or, or whatever. Um, for the most part, probably since the, the foot injury, running hasn't been as enjoyable, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. So there's there's been patches where all I've kind of thought about on runs was, uh, you know, this foot's Finishing. pissing me off today. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I was able to, yeah, early in the year have a, a patch where running was like really enjoyable again to the point like it used to be. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, they're kind of different mindsets that I've, I've to adapt to and, and learn to, to live with it at various times. And do you listen to anything when you're running? Uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I never used to. Mm. Um, but I found the last few years, again, if, if I'm having a day where my where my body's feeling a bit crap, it's nice to mm-hmm. it's nice to have something to listen to just to take your mind off it a little bit. Um, I probably the last year or two more been music um, yeah. on the, the occasion that I do listen to stuff. But I think that there was a while there where I might have listened to a few podcasts and stuff. But I'm not really on any podcasts at the moment. So um, oh, you are now. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, more music the last last few years. Okay, and uh, I mean, I've seen you training with other people. Yeah. <laughs> do Do you yeah. usually train by yourself, or do you train with others, or it just depends on what your program is and who you're training yeah. with? And yeah, really, like really depends on on um, who's got what on, who's you know. I think I think one of the good things about being in Lonnie is that people's lives just seem a lot more flexible and yeah. and stuff than um, than other places like. All, all my group of mates that run, you know, there are a lot of uni students, but then there are some that just work different hours on different days or might work three days a week. Or So there's always, it's not like we meet at 5 p.m. or, or mm. 6 a.m. Or, or whatever. It's usually a case of, oh, tomorrow I'm doing this, um, who's about. And then um, if there's someone about to join in, then then awesome. Mm. Um, uh, and it's really varied over the years. I, I've done a lot of my own. I would say, um, but then it's it's nice to run with with people when they're about. And do you chat much when you're running? Like, because you guys run so fast. Like sometimes I'm like, how can you even be talking? <laughs> uh, on the on the easy runs and stuff, like you chat the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, it's probably only. And then when you go into a session, like you chat the whole warm up and stuff, and then once you get into it, that's you know switch on for for however many minutes and then, um, you know, change your shoes back into the joggers and yeah. warm down and start chatting again. So um, how do you know what you're going to be doing? I know you've had a coach. Do you do you still have a coach? Is that okay? Nah. Yeah, so um, Andrew Willis was my coach mm-hmm. um, until he passed away, um, I'd, I'd say about six years ago now. 14, 15? Yeah, yeah, around 15, 16, I think. Um. So throughout those last few years, it was more kind of mentorship. I'd, yeah. I'd run, run my ideas through him and we'd, we'd, we'd chat about it and stuff like that. And then just with my, um, with the knowledge of like exercise science and just mm-hmm. experience of, of what I found worked for me over X amount of years, um, 
I just do it myself. And I, I really, I like, I'm a running coach myself as well. With That's, I was going to ask that. Um, but, <laughs> but like, I, I just, I don't feel like I could listen to anyone else. Maybe a, a personality negative, but like, I just feel I want to be in control of, of what I'm doing and, um, and that kind of thing. And, and there's usually, there's usually some kind of reason for, for why I'm doing this run or, or whatever. Or it might just be that, that um, James Hansen's doing that and he's, he's a top dog at the moment. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're working hard, you're working hard and there's not physiologically, not too many differences at the, at that level. So, um, you know, you just jump in to, to have a group to do it with, but yeah, I, I coach myself um, mm-hmm. and feel like, yeah, I'm probably uncoachable at this point. <laughs> It's like I'm unemployable. I've been yeah. working for myself for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, you, you've got a, not a unique background necessarily, but because you've also got the education side of it, as well as, you know, the however 20 odd years of, of training at that level, yeah. then you're more than qualified to coach yourself. <laughs> I think it's like. Yeah, hopefully we got, we got a few ideas, but they always, always trying something new. But I think, what I've realized the last few years when I haven't necessarily been searching for PBs is like, just do as much as you can, like do as much as you can without getting injured. Like it's pretty simple. It, it doesn't matter. Like whether you want to do three, 10 minute reps or five, five minute reps or eight, two minutes, like at the end of the day, like that stuff's all just so minor. Like it's, yeah. you know, you, you want to progress over, over a few months training block so you get from here to there and so like the sessions particularly like I don't worry too much about about them like as long as you're working hard and and you're doing them consistently that's that's the main thing if someone said to you what do you love about running why do you keep running because it's not like you just go out and you're still at that stage where you want to push yourself I can see that even when you start running again. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so why? What is it about running that that you love? That you probably will continue to be running, as you said, even past the thing when you're not trying to go PBs all the time. I think deep down, it's just like it's just what I've always done, and it's just going for a run so natural, and um, it's just when things are flowing, it just feels so good, and I don't know, I just associate just so many maybe so many good memories with with running and and obviously the social side as well like even the past few months since I've stopped running like I haven't seen my mates as much so I you know that's probably the main reason at the moment that I want to want to get back out there more regularly and I feel like the groups even like stopped running together as much the past few months and you know I want to get that back up and going because you know, people live busy lives and, and running for most people, uh, most adults is probably their social time. Like, mm. so, and that's obviously an important element. I, I think there are just so many reasons at the end of the day. But like, it, it's hard to put into to a good answer though. It is, because it's a feeling, isn't it? It's like one of those feelings that doesn't necessarily, and it changes. You know, yeah. We talk about um, when I first ran from, I live at Brady's Lookout and used to work in town in my 20s. Yeah. And uh, the first time I ran to work, which was 21 kilometers. And it was like early in the morning and the sun was coming up over Ben Lomond. And it was like, yeah. I'll never forget that moment. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but I can't. I mean, apart from, you know, we all probably, I get shivers when I think about it or talk about yeah. it. But it's like, we all have those moments. Yeah. But it's putting them into words. Is, it's kind of experience thing, isn't it? Yeah. And you've definitely, you've definitely got me feeling like going for a run more than I have in the last last probably month or so which is which is good yay <laughs> exciting and that's we all have that too like I've had times where I'm like ah I don't want to run at the moment yeah. for whatever reason life is full busy could be traveling yep. whatever um it's it's not always easy to get out um but sometimes especially <laughs> I think you found they're the times you should go sometimes <laughs> and <you're laughs> when, you, when you don't get really going when you yeah when you feel good yeah exactly um so you said you're running coaching. Where do you do that? Do yeah, you- so um, through Run to PB, um, online running coaching. So um, started that, uh, I think, about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, or maybe, maybe two and a half years. Anyway, um, so I coach about 20, 
about 20 athletes online, yeah. um, mostly from mainland Australia. Yeah. And yeah, really, really enjoy it. Um, it's like, I, I feel like they're my students. Yeah. Like I don't, because I'm a relief teacher, like, that that consistency too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's right. But like, I'm really invested in in all of my athletes and their journeys and and getting them to to try and reach their goals and mm. and stuff like that. And and it's so rewarding when you know when you see that progress and and that kind of thing from their from their hard work and and all of that. So yeah, really really enjoy the the online running coaching. And a few people have asked me kind of whether I could do it like more in person type stuff, but I don't feel like you can really do both. It's mm. because the the time to the time it takes to do all the online stuff. Like you'd need to double that time to be able to set something up on the ground as mm. well. So, um, like I would love to to have the time and stuff to to have like a, a more of a local group or something that I that I helped out. But just with the online stuff, like it, it takes quite a bit of time. Like I usually like I usually work three days a week at school and then block out one, like one of the other days for my programs and, and stuff like that. And mm. then the communication, like I'll spend probably 10, 15 minutes a day, just, just messaging the athletes and stuff like that. And so I feel like, yeah, I love the online stuff and, you know, I would like the in-person stuff, but I, I don't think I could do both. Well, I assume you can actually help more people online just because yeah. of the time element. You can like a group stuff is a bit, well, you just yeah. have, as you said, there's not that in-person stuff having to go somewhere and set stuff up and yeah. all the yeah, travel exactly. time and all that as well. Yeah, exactly right. And it's based on based on their lifestyles and, mm. and when they work and, you know, they, they all do sessions on different days or they, they all run different amounts of times per week and and that kind of thing. So we, we tailor it really well to, to, um, to suit whatever the athlete needs. I don't know much about the on about. I mean, although I have been actually a member of head <laughs> coach from um, from Holland <laughs> from the Netherlands, so I shouldn't say I don't know that much. But I feel like I don't know that much because it's yeah, it was only a personal experience. Um, so you're the people that you coach. Do they tend to be people wanting to be or in the sort of elite range, or are they just whoever wanting to have, get certain goals in their running? Got a really really big range. Um, like. I have some, I've had someone that's, you know, pretty much as good as me or close to it um, over like the five and 10 K and stuff like that. Yeah. All the way out to, um, oh, I had a guy that came to me, I think his PB for 10 K was like 70 minutes or 71 minutes when he started. And uh, yeah, I'm not coaching him at the moment, but we got him down to, you know, two hours for the half marathon, oh, um, awesome. which is a massive improvement mm. for from where he was, I, I reckon um, there's probably a bit of a, a curve. Most of my athletes are probably like just under 40 minutes for 10K. Like okay. I've got a lot of like the serious recreation, yeah. recreational types, I would yeah. say. Um, a few like 33, 34 minute 10K mm-hmm. athletes, so like really serious, yeah. um, like sub elite type level. And then, um, you know, I've got another five or, or six that are probably more like forty to fifty minute ten k runners, and that kind of thing. So yeah, a real, a real range. Um, and it's interesting to like the dynamics of, of working with the the different athletes as well that you you learn after doing it for a while. Wow. And is twenty like the limit that you as an individual can do, or is there? Can you see more in there? More of a range. Twenty. Yeah, twenty is pretty full on. Mm, um, seems like a that's lot. That's about the. Yeah, fifteen to twenty, I think, is about the sweet mm. spot for for what else I've got in life mm. without it kind of being too much. Um, I feel like I I could do more because I'm I'm pretty on top of like all their programs and and what they're gearing up for. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you got stuck in like a, a real busy patch at, at work or or you know if you went away or something, I reckon like it'd be it'd be hard to catch up on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 15 to 20 is a, a good, good spot at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, setting a new one up um, later this week, actually. So, yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Well, I maybe won't put the link to it then because you don't necessarily want lots of other people, or unless you have a waiting list or something. Who knows? Yeah, we, we do have a waiting list oh, because that's, 
that's just how things progress. Like some yeah. people, some people finish their running journey or um, not finish it or move on to, to other yeah, things and, and this and that. There's always ins and outs. So no, we do have, um, do have a waiting list that, um, that yeah, we can jump no, onto if anyone's interested. You can put the link there. Who knows? Yeah. Something, you know, people it. might be uh, wanting to jump on it and get a bit of, um, Coaching for what they're doing. I think that that's really cool. I actually loved having my coaches last year. It was really good. They helped yeah. me get to a 60K. It was awesome. Yeah, people like, you know, obviously I'm not, like I said before, I feel like I'm uncoachable, but I know like from what people tell me and stuff, just having it on the, you know, in front of them without having to think about it and that kind of thing and that they can trust that it's it's gearing them up for the yeah. event that they're getting ready for and progressing in the right way. So, yeah, people do love that. Actually, that's interesting because for me, it's accountability. Like mm-hmm. I can use the internet and find any number of coaching programs <laughs> I really want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I have yeah. a heap, you know, I've done plenty yeah. of marathons and things now and I know how to do that. But it's the accountability. For me, it was like, okay, you're telling me to do this, this and this, and I don't want to turn up and talk to you in a week or two weeks or whenever the yeah. and say, oh, no, I didn't have time for that and, and try and come up with all those excuses. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, like, yeah. People pleaser, maybe, I don't know. But so I find that element of coaching is what I found really valid, valuable. Yeah. Yep. So you, I think you, it seems yep. like you don't necessarily need that. Being a self-coach person, yeah. having that up there, the accountability, you're actually able to yeah. be your accountability coach yeah. yourself. Which I my, think mind, my mind ticks off the accountability yeah. through whatever way it operates. Which is really cool. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously got you where you, where you are, so... Yeah. I wish yeah. I was a bit more like that. <laughs> Not needing someone else to tell me, yes. <laughs> or for me to actually tell them, yes, I've done it and feel good because I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not letting them down, whatever. Anyway, all right. Now, um, before we wrap up, I will ask you in a minute for some tips for beginner runners, which you're obviously eminently qualified to give me. But before then, is there anything in general about running that we haven't talked about that you would like to share? No, I've really, really enjoyed the the conversation. I mean, I've done over the years a few few podcasts and stuff, but um, really found that we've chatted about some some really cool stuff. Um, you know, physically, psychologically, and and all that kind of stuff. So, no, all good. Awesome. All right. So, tips for beginner runners. When people come up to you and say, "Josh, you you're awesome at this running gig," um, how do I get started? What do you tell them? Yeah. So probably the the most important thing is finding enjoyment out of it um and like this is what you say to young kids when they're like oh you know some parent comes up to you and's like my kid like wants to be the next superstar and and that kind of thing so they need you need to enjoy it um because if you enjoy it you're naturally gonna you want to get out there and do it and keep doing it and and strive for, for whatever the goals are that you've set um you know, you can increase enjoyment through um, running with a group. And I know there are lots of lots of groups around here locally and, and wherever you are listening from that no doubt there's a running community that, that um, has some people with, with like-minded interests and stuff like that. And, and you know, running can be so social and, and much more um, enjoyable with, with good company. So mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, if you are a real beginner, um probably don't start out by doing too much just ease into it um Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't like running because they they haven't ran and they go out for a run and they think it's too hard but it's because you're not you're not ready for that and and people probably beginners i would say probably tend to run their runs too hard um like most of most of the training and running that i do is is at a pace that's conversational, yeah. low heart rate. And I know for me, that's faster than um, for <laughs> other people, but everyone still has, has a point where they're working at a heart rate that's, that's low. Um, and, and so I think people tend to, to push a bit hard. Um, and, and if you're feeling like that, then, you know, you are going too hard and running's very enjoyable when you're, when you're in control and you're, you're just taking it easy. And, and for the most part, that's what gets you fit. Uh, putting time in at, at low intensity is like 80% of, 
of the puzzle. Work, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. And people um I think people tend to underestimate that, you know, you can spend eighty percent of your time or just at a pace where your heart rate's moderate and and you can get so much out of it. Mm-hmm. Um I think yeah, people run into a bit of trouble where they do everything hard and then because it's hard, they hate it and, and that kind and of thing. And then they don't do it again. Yeah, and which yeah, kind of yeah. defeats it, the purpose in the first Yeah, place. so yeah, enjoyment, intensity, and progressing appropriately, I'd say. Yeah. And that being consistent, which I guess is part yeah. of, which is what can makes you consistent. That enjoyment, I think, helps you be yeah. consistent. Consistency yeah. is the biggest one for, for improvements, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I love it. All right, Josh, you're amazing. It has been awesome to have this conversation with you. And I've learned heaps more about you since I've known you since you're like 11. <laughs> I think I know so much more about you. Um, and it's been a delight. You are a delight and an inspiration. So thank you for sharing all that with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. I've really, really enjoyed the chat. And best of luck with your swift ride. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it for a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and i'll see you there plus i'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode and before you go I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.